On this episode of A State of Control, we talk about an important topic that needs some clarification, and that is programming versus configuration of control systems. What do you need to know? What goes into them? And what are their place in the industry? All that and more on A State of Control. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. A State of Control. A State of Control, episode 50. Hey, can you add this? Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation. Welcome to a podcast that highlights the control, programming, and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. Today's topic is something that I'm personally interested in and I think requires some ex- explanation and clarification in, in the industry to the extent that I've actually developed a class that is a VIXA CTS RU accredited. And I, I think it's gotten a lot of feedback and, and is something that I'm proud of. And, and I would like with the guests today to be able to dig in a little bit deeper and get some varying perspectives on it. Um, that topic is the idea of programming versus configuring of control systems. So let's start by uh, welcoming back after a little hiatus, Rich Fergosa, my partner at State of Control. Rich, explain to us where you're at and uh, welcome back. True, uh, mellow California greetings from the uh, Sonoma Valley. I'm actually up in Hillsburg right now in an undisclosed location. I'm actually, uh, it's, I think this is my first winery broadcast, so <laughs> I'm kind of digging it. So yeah, our, jealous. our show is so bright, I got to wear shades right now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And I'd like to welcome back a return guest. He is Troy Morgan from Pantech. Welcome back, Troy. Thanks a lot, Steve. Uh, great to be here. Thoroughly enjoy this topic, as you know. So, yeah, excited to engage with you guys. Excellent. And last but not least, someone I've known for a bit. His name is Peter Knapp from Extron Electronics. He is the uh, program manager of control systems. Welcome, Peter. Good morning, Steve and gentlemen. Thank you for having me on the show with you today. Uh, glad to have you. So, Programming has been the traditional way of approaching control systems, but configuration is something that's getting a lot of buzz right now. And it's something that I think requires some explanation and some clarification because there's places for both in the industry and both for our clients. So Rich, kind of set the scene for us. Take, take us down the road of why these two approaches exist and, and uh, give us a little bit of, of insight from your perspective. Um, I think the past four years is our technology is caught up and we are as an industry viewing that there are other industries that have been doing it for a while and that we don't constantly have to reinvent the wheel. Um, we are switching over to uh, less physical connections these days. 
um, you know, we don't worry about relays as much anymore, about an RS-232 port as much anymore, um, analog values anymore, where, you know, software's eating the world is a, uh, is a phrase that's used a lot these days. And what we've seen is a transformation from a physical structure um, to a software or an electronic structure. And with that, there's the opposite. And we've all done this, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Uh, we were making it up as we went. Uh, you know, you'd get a new device and we were having to pioneer yeah. ways to make something work. There weren't necessarily a whole lot of software developers and engineers involved in AV at the time. Now you have AV manufacturers have dedicated software departments. So that's a huge shift in terms of the interoperability and the tools. And once you get uh, a little bit more... Um, it, the, 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 you know, when, 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 when you get a standard, you know, for lack of a better word, um, in terms of being able to, to communicate with devices, you open up the ability to um, get those, get, get, get those systems um, configured a little bit more. You don't have to create one-offs as much. Um, and I think manufacturers are, are finally grabbing hold with this and saying, you know, we need to make this easier for uh, the dealers who are connecting. We don't need to just have our own walled off garden. And I think with companies, uh, with manufacturers and, you know, companies like Troy's, they're looking at that and saying, you know, there is a way that we can proceduralize this and we can streamline this to take care of pretty much 80% of what's out there. As opposed to in the past, we were just doing pure bespoke systems. Everything was a one-off for the client. And, and we're reaching a point where we can standardize a bit more. Um, Peter, uh, Rich spoke a lot about manufacturers mm -hmm. being behind this, and I know that this is something that Extron is, is fairly invested in as far as a configured solution, but there is also the availability of a scripted or programmed solution. Correct. Um, tell me a little bit about the, the, the thought process there, and, and um, you know, what, what Rich is saying I think makes a lot of sense as far as the fact that we, we've become a little bit more standardized and, and simplified, mm -hmm. the, but, but um, ha presenting both options to a client could be a little bit of a mixed message. So give, give, me, a, give, give me some insight on that from the manufacturer's standpoint. Well, from Extron's standpoint, we've been in um, configuration from the beginning. In fact, as we started in control systems, even from as early as, say, the System 8, System 10 switchers, we were doing configuration for those devices, allowing us from a button press on the front of a switcher to turn a display on. Now, that's rather simple, but that was a configured method of us configuring a system. Um, didn't require a lot of programming. Years later, as we introduced the MLC series, it was truly intended as a configuration environment, um, making it easy for someone to do one or two functions off of a button press. Well, as configurations and time, and as Rich pointed out, software advances, the configuration environment does have the ability to, to create a very rich, usable system in a configured environment that can do just about anything. But realizing that there's many different ways to approach a system, many different ways to configure or have a system do things, Extron has determined that programming is also a viable way to work with 
AV systems. One of those abilities is the ability to take the same control processor and either program or configure that system as needed by the customer's requirements or in the programmer's way that they're thinking, we're needing to make this simple now, but perhaps it'll expand later. And we can do that both with programming and configuration. So it's really a yes and both. Programming and configuration works. Sure. So Troy, uh, going a little bit deeper on that idea, um, you, you obviously come from a programming background um, as an independent programmer, but you've also developed tools using programming to allow clients to do more configuration. Um, the what are what are some of the advantages of of going down that road, and is that something for for everyone? Yeah. So just to dovetail on what Rich and and, and Peter laid out pretty well. Um, things have gotten better. Uh, the manufacturers have matured. Um, and we kind of feel like with certain, certain manufacturers, that maturity level has given us the opportunity to do this whole configuration or, you know, programming method, uh, like Peter talked about. Um, but what's interesting about that is while there's maturity with some, with others, they're still learning and they're still trying to figure things out and they may not have this perfectly laid out API and all this stuff. And so what we've kind of figured out for the programmers is flexibility is the key of success with the control system. Uh, flexibility being that you can do programming when necessary and, and, and when you have to. Mm -hmm. And then there are devices that you can simply configure as well. And if those devices have been pre-programmed uh, to allow for that, hey man, you got the best of both worlds. Um, but you do bring up a very good point about the fact that it, it's you know it, it is a little confusing for some. It, it, you know what do you do uh, when it's time to program a system? Are you are you going to configure it? Are you going to program it? Or are you going to do both? And what Adapt is really all about is being able to handle the both type of a situation relative to uh, the project, the business model. And it might be the client and all, or, or a combination of all three. And I don't know that I directly addressed your question uh, exactly, but I, I definitely wanted to touch on the fact that I believe flexibility is the most important thing in what we do. And once you take out flexibility, that's when you get into that weird spot of not being able to say, yes, I can do this and allow the customer to throw the, you know, the, the wrinkle in the situation and be able to overcome it. And sometimes it's the customer. Sometimes it's a piece of hardware that, that that's doing that too. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the one of the best things about this whole programming versus configuration thing is to be able to do both and be able to quickly uh, understand where programming is applicable and necessary versus where configuration is applicable and necessary. And if you can do both in concert. I think that's where the win is because that give, that gives the programmers power, but it also keeps the costs down and the, 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 you know, it's kind of an all parties involved are, 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 are benefiting. And, and that's what I believe needs to occur. You know, it's, it's all parties involved benefit. 
So I just want to clarify a little bit about what you mean by the manufacturers uh, and the products maturing, and j- just so that everybody understands what what, what what's meant by that. Um, um, yeah, the, the 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 maturity happens like like uh, Uncle Rich said earlier that it happens on the uh, software end of things. You know, some of these guys have recognized we need a te- we need a team of guys. We need people who. Uh, understand not only our industry, but they understand software at a very high level and they can take away the need to do ridiculous programming things. I'll give you a great example, like uh, Sony receivers circa 2003, 2004. And these things were a bear and they were a bear because Sony's software developers, their, their team wrote their software in such a way that you had to do a lot of crazy checksum things and, and what hmm. you couldn't just throw a string at this thing and say, go turn on. It was, you know, a lot of uh, acknowledgement back from the device. And then after we get an acknowledgement, we then have to send a authentication thing to wake it up and get it communicating. And, you know, those types of things work completely against keeping costs in check, and be able, being able to reliably control the device. And so over time, even Sony, as big as they are, they've gotten a lot smarter about how to do this from a software standpoint so that guys like myself and, and, and Peter and, and Rich and you know, the rest of our you know, kind of industry can grab a device, build a quick little uh, you know, connection to it, if you will, and start throwing mm-hmm. you know, commands at it and it listens. And it does what it's supposed to do. So that's that maturity level that, that's occurred. And having said that, there are other manufacturers that are still trying to figure this out. And so we may have to do some real uh, programming voodoo stuff to you know, even make their stuff work right. So uh, Pete, I'll, I'll, I'll jump over to you again as a manufacturer and, and being the one that's speaking for that, the 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 uh, experiences that that Troy is speaking of, I'm sure Extron faces quite often. Yes. Um, I, as I know it, the the driver or module or how whatever term is used, uh, that that is is a key component to making configuration work. But it also is very valuable on the programming aspect of things. How do you keep up with those demands, and how how do you how do you continue to, to maintain the, those tools to, to allow the, I guess, the configuration approach to be successful, but also, uh, uh, you know, give, give the flexibility that programming, that, uh, you know, that, that to be able to do some of the higher level things that, that are available in programming. Right. Yeah, you are correct. It is difficult to keep up with all the varying manufacturers that a control system might have to work with, and even all the varying devices from those manufacturers that may not share the same protocol of all those different items at different times. One of the things we've got to be aware of is we want to make sure that the customer itself, the end user customer is the one that has the ability and the flexibility to manage the project as they see fit. In some cases, the best way to manage a project is to engage a programmer to make sure that they are managing the entire process from beginning to end. But there's other times where the, prog- the system's been programmed, the system's been developed in such a way that it allows the user to make some changes. And ability, as you mentioned, Steve, Extron has thousands of drivers for many different products. Drivers are a configuration backbone in the Extron uh, 
process that allows us to easily swap between these items. Same thing happens in our programmed environment where we use modules. Um, and we use those terms separately purposely so that we have an identification that, hey, a module is something that a programmer is going to work with. But a driver is an easy thing that someone can drop into a configuration because there's a lot of programming behind that driver. Rich made the comment that, yeah, some of our systems have, some of the manufacturers have a lot of software engineers working with us. And that's, I mean, Extron's got hundreds of software engineers, hundreds of engineers developing products that have a vested interest in making sure that this does work well for our end users. And that's the key for all of us. If it's not for the end user, where would we be? Um, and if we can keep <clears throat> all these different drivers and all these different modules in sync, that does make the system so much easier to program or so much easier to configure as needed to fit the customer's end goal, which is making a system easy to work with. So just following up, do, do we ever see a time where we're going to have standards with regard to how devices communicate? Um, yes, we will have a standard and that standard will probably not be consistent. <laughs> gotcha. It's the non-standard yeah. standard. Exactly. I love it. I mean, that's unfortunate. That's the way we've been. I mean, you could go back 30 something years when I started with the industry. Yeah, I was six when I did that, but, um, 30 something years ago, everyone said, yeah, there's a standard RS-232 device. Okay, what is that device? Well, it's got a nine pin. No, I thought RS-232 had a 25 pin. Well, the same thing's happening now in Ethernet. Yeah, it's Ethernet controlled. What port? Well, the standard port. Okay, standard port of Telnet on 23. Oh no, it's standard port on this Telnet of this port number. Oh, but it's secured. Okay, so we need to talk on that port number. Yeah, there's network standards, and that may be our closest way of getting to a standard. Every manufacturer has a vested interest in making a standard fit them. The problem is that standard that fits them doesn't necessarily fit everybody else. As a programmer that has to be able to make everything work, well, we've got to take all those varying standards and make them a standard by using smart programming, smart devices, smart configuration that allows us to do this to hide the magic, I guess is the best way to put it. All of us are really in the magic environment. And the magic is we make something that's very difficult work to where someone can press a button or say something or do something in a system or even walk into a room and have that room turn on just because they're there and they plugged a device into a HDMI port on the table. So Rich, I'm going to go over to you with the million dollar question. And, the, and I use that term <laughs> purposefully. It, the idea that configuration is, is the more economical approach and programming is the more costly approach. Is, is that a true statement? No. No, it, it, you know, there is, you know, we, we've had this for years where, you know, the, the, it will always be this configurable solution is going to eliminate the industry as you know it. No, there, there, there is always an exception to the rule. It depends on your business model. And what we've seen is that 10 years ago, you know, five years ago, 
the way of doing business for commercial and residential integrators was different. Their profit structure was different. Their labor structure was different. Their, the, you know, just, it, it was a different way of operating. And what we're finding now is that integrators that are, no pun intended, Troy, adapting to, <laughs> I always have to use it, um, that are adapting to finding ways to be more streamlined, who don't necessarily have software developers on staff, who are maybe a smaller shop um, for a variety of reasons, or maybe they have to deploy, um, you know, a hundred huddle spaces, you know, in, in, before you would have a corporate boardroom, you would have a network operations center, you had these larger spaces that had to perform multiple tasks. Well, what's happening now with today's workforce and work environments, even in home offices, you have smaller, more specialized rooms. That, that has a di completely different set of rules and expectations than an executive boardroom does. And with that point, then, you don't need as much customization. You don't need as much um, specialization. But you still need to get it done. You still need to be able to turn on a video conference or a display or, you know, start a presentation or something. But instead of having to go through the steps and of a dedicated person, you can find a way to streamline it. Now, um, you know, I've been told for 25 years that, you know, every new branch of software is going to put me out of business. It, it, it just, it, you know, that, that's not going to happen either. Um, it is a matter, though, for businesses to look at their model and say, what kind of model, what kind of business am I focusing on? And a company that is pushing out 100 huddle spaces is not the same company that's doing a network operations center, you know, that has 75 displays or a casino or a stadium. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different examples where configuration can be a your kid, but you still need at some point um, a level of, so we also have to focus looking to get the job done. And that's where I think the, the configuration is going to have the most power. And it provides, it levels the playing field a little bit, you know, because you have such, we've had such a variety of the quality of deployments. You know, you could get three different companies and they would deploy a boardroom and one could look like the Fisher Price version and one could look like the professional polished version. It was the same software tools. Yeah. So, you know, I'm glad for that in that it provides at least a, a base layer to, to go off from. Um, and, and users then have a different set of expectations. So we're, we're not going to be out of business anytime soon in custom. You just have to be a little smarter yeah. about it. So Troy, you, you mentioned before, and I, and, you know, kind of following up on what Rich is talking about it, 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 the, the option of configuration and programming and having that hybrid approach. Um, what is that determined? What, you know, what, what, what criteria do you use? What's the process to be able to figure out what, what's the right solution for, for either a client or, or a project? And so the, the very first thing that, that we need to look at when we make that decision about whether we're going to do configuration or whether we're going to do programming is it's the manufacturer or the device itself that, that dictates some of that. It, it really is. And then furthermore, it's the functionality uh, or requirement 
uh, of the system that further dictates the need for custom programming versus uh, configuration. And like Rich was just talking about, I mean, you could, I, you know, I can think of a way that you could actually create the software for a, a NOC, a network operations center, and do it in such a way that you can configure it when you get there, you know, where you can define that, uh, you know, this display is only going to get this amount of sources and these things, and this display is going to get these things. And so that's that kind of hybrid, but that's all dependent on the scope, if you will, you know, of the, uh, of the result that, that the end user is looking for. And then to kind of flip that back to um, the device level of things, you know, there, there are devices that we have beautifully streamlined, uh, configuration things, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm quite certain Peter's got the same uh, with Extron, where they've got control of a receiver, and it's perfect, right? It turns on, it turns off, we switch its inputs, we control its volume, and we're in great shape with that device with respect to that level of functionality. And then the customer says, gee, you know, it'd be great. And as soon as that happens, <laughs> that's where programming starts to become necessary, because we didn't standardize or configure the uh, software to have all the DSP level controls there for the client at their fingertips, because that's not part of the 80-20 rule. You know, we're looking at 80% of the time, all we got to do is turn it on, turn it off, switch, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, as soon as we got to go to that 20%, that's where programming becomes necessary. And that's where in the adapt environment, and I, I'm gathered that it's probably the same for, for Peter and, and Extron that, you can, you can get in and you can do some of this deeper level stuff. So it's, it's the project in some cases, it's the manufacturers or the devices themselves in some cases that dictate the need. Uh, and then sometimes it's simply scope itself that dictates uh, the need. But I go right back to the key to success, in my opinion, is flexibility and being able to do both within the same platform. And I think that's extremely important because if you're stuck in one, you got your blinders on, you're stuck and they say, oh, you know what would be great? And now you're going, sorry, I can't. That's not a good place to be, especially for guys like us who have been responsible for and completed so many different projects, all custom and, and, and beautiful in their create, creative nature. but you know, to have to say no, it, it hurts, you know? So, so I, I totally agree with you there. And I, and it's something that, that I'm always very cautious of in, in educating a client. One of the questions that I am curious about, and I think it needs to be discussed in the, in the industry is, is it, should the client be someone who, because they, they, if they want to be able to maintain the system, they may have have some say in how it's being done but of course they need to understand what what are the decisions that go into one approach versus the other but who has the ultimate choice as to which uh, which approach to take is it a programmer is it the is it the client um how uh, or, or is it just matter that the project gets done to the to their expectations well if I may, Steve, what, what I honestly believe is that it should be a marriage of all of those. It should be the client. It should be the programmer. It should be the integrator. With knowledge-filled decisions, people can make the right choices. 
um, we've got to make certain that you can expand a system. As to Troy's program, yeah, we don't always put every feature available in every driver and every configured system. But one of the things that we've been able to do in our uh, global configurator professional environment, the pro series control environment in configuration, is the ability to add commands to drivers at configuration time. So that there are things when someone says, oh, well, we forgot about this, or this is a new feature that we worked with this manufacturer and got this added to the firmware, so we want to do this, and it's a non-standard feature. Okay, fine. We can add that to the driver, very simply, at configuration time. But then again, you've also got to look at the, the field as to what's going on in the system. Is it best for this network operation system, or as you mentioned, Rich, a ballpark. Should we do it as a configuration? Should we do it as a programmed environment? Or should we do it as both? Figure out the right place for the right time. And Steve, I know you and your team have had success doing that exact thing, deciding the right choice at the right time with the customer, with the end user to determine what is the best choice to maintain and to further expand this system in the future? And the case is, yes. As long as the hardware supports both, let's make the choice of make it best and easiest for the person who's gonna be using it the most, maintaining it the most, which is the end user, to make it fit them. I, I think that's a great place to stop, but, and, and I appreciate that clarification because it's definitely a, a topic that needs explanation, and it's something yes. that I think this industry should be talking about. But I, you know, I think from from based on this discussion and discussion I've had with others, it, you know, the 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 clarity behind these approaches is more than just it's quicker or cheaper and or more expensive and more time consuming. And I, I think that we we all kind of agree, and hopefully we've enlightened uh, uh, our. Our, our fellow uh, professionals in the industry as to what goes what what is behind all of this and and uh, what goes into both approaches so thank you guys for being part of this discussion and uh, and I value the, uh, the the insight that you provided um, like to thank uh, Troy Morgan from Pantech please tell us a little bit about what you're up to with adapt and uh, and uh, share how uh, our audience can get in touch with you yeah, so uh, thanks uh, again uh, as well, Steve, and, and, and the rest of the guys. I mean, I've known you guys for all for quite a long time, so it's, it's pretty special to be able to do this with you guys. Um, so, yeah, Pantech Design, uh, Creators of Adapt. Um, I'm the CEO, and uh, Adapt is, uh, we just released Adapt 2.0. Uh, it's, uh, it's three years, uh, you know, on the market. Uh, there's 110, I think now, uh, dealers that are using the Adapt software uh, platform. Uh, probably got about 850 to maybe even closer to 900 uh, systems deployed uh, out there. Um, and the one of the newest things that we've done with Adapt is we've added a uh, an energy automation component to it, uh, which is really exciting. And so I've spent the last year studying, learning, uh, and 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 playing with a lot of things in the energy uh, sector. Uh, in fact, I even have a a, a Sonin battery system on my home now, which is super cool. If you've never seen that, you got to dig in and, and play around with it. It's pretty, pretty neat. So uh, that's kind of what we're, you know, having a little bit of maybe a minor focus uh, on and watching that industry. So. And how can 
uh, the audience get in touch with you? Oh. Yeah, so to find us, uh, you can go to uh, www.adaptcrestron.com. You can also go to www.pantechdesign.com. I mean, look, Google's your friend, right? So it, all you got to do is Google Pantech Design. You'll see all kinds of cool stuff. Um, one specific thing you'll see is a, uh, a demo I recently did at Cedia uh, of the uh, energy automation uh, stuff that we created. That's a, that's a really fun, uh, fun thing to watch, and it'll give you some insight. So, Cool. Thanks for being part of the show. Uh, Peter, uh, thanks for being with us today. Uh, how can people get in touch with you, learn more about Extron, and uh, also get a little bit of more hands-on experience with the control solutions? Well, the best way to get a hold of us, of course, is let's start at the Extron website, www.extron.com. And you can always get a hold of me. Email's real simple, pnap at extron.com. Um, if I'm not available, I'm usually teaching a class sometime, or if you're ever in the Dallas area, contact me. I'd love to show you around our training center here. There's always folks over in Anaheim that'll do the same thing there. And anytime that I can be of assistance in helping with this stuff, let me know. I really enjoy control. Controls, control's been my life for a long time. And love to get into, and you're always gonna see some new things coming out of Extron. Uh, so, Pay attention. There's a lot of new stuff coming up that you'll, you'll enjoy seeing. Wonderful. Well, thanks for being with us. And last but not least, Uncle Richie, uh, you went inside or you got some cover, so you, you prevented some bad sunburn, but I was a little worried about you out there. It, it was <laughs> How, a little sunny, and uh, as meetings are wrapping up, and as it's hustling and bustling in the uh, tasting room as it begins. So I'm going to beat a hasty retreat before uh, we start opening bottles, I guess. So maybe yeah, that'll be a good thing. A, we had a an early week. show, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, obviously. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, regarding, you know, talking with uh, clients and end users. And I've heard that there's these guys who um, have some sessions on talking to technology managers uh, <laughs> on educating technology managers nice. on, on how this all works. Um, but if you want to find out more about my company, Um, you can find me on the Twitters or on the interwebs. Twitter is at rfregosa. Obviously, uh, you can see all of our interviews uh, that we just had at Cedia in San Diego a couple of weeks ago. And obviously, always follow us here at avnation.tv. Uh, thanks for sharing that. And uh, you can reach me uh, at Steve Greenblatt on social media or my website, uh, controlconcepts.net. Um, and, and if you check that out, uh, as I mentioned, I, I am offering a class and I do it at uh, some local events. And I've also done it at Infocom on programming versus configuring. And I'd love to uh, be able to get, reach out and get the word out to more people. So uh, please reach out if that's something that interests you. But more importantly, uh, check out the AV Nation website, avnation.tv. Visit the underwriters. Those are the people that help us put on these types of shows. And they're very kind and generous in supporting the network. And uh, also, while you're there, uh, leave us a note, share some feedback on the show. We'd like to hear from our audience, uh, whether it's um, reaching out to Rich or, or me or uh, posting a, a review on iTunes. We'd uh, love to hear from you. But uh, other than that, that's it for this session of A State of Control. Thanks for being with us today.